Welcome to the Keep It Moving Podcast, a show about being great. Here's your host, star of Bravo TV's Million Dollar Listing San Francisco, director of Elite Clients, Sports and Entertainment, and global real estate portfolio manager at Golden Gate, Sotheby's International Realty, Rohabibi. Let's go. Welcome to Instagram Live. Keep it moving with Ro Habibi. We're here in the San Francisco Bay Area. My special guest for today is someone that I'm very close to and I'm super happy that he's going to be joining me today. His name is Maurice Lombardo. He has ran a very successful firm with his partner Tom uh, for about 30 years in the San Francisco Bay Area. Taylor Lombardo Architects, it's an award-winning architecture and land planning firm with offices in SF, Napa Valley. In addition to a large number of projects in California, the firm has completed projects throughout the U.S. and internationally in China, believe it or not. They specialize in custom homes and wineries of all sizes and styles tailored specifically to the needs of each client. TLA have designed over 30 wineries, including Silver Oaks, Nickel and Nickel, and Kelly Fleming uh, Wines. The firm also has extensive experience in hotel, retail, and restaurant design. And the partners, Tom Taylor and Maurice Lombardo, are the primary client contacts and remain very hands-on throughout the projects. Taylor Lombardo Architects philosophy maintains that the firm works closely with the client, ensuring that each project is a creation Uh, very specific to the client's desires. The firm's design approach is one of creating site-sensitive and environmentally responsible structures that are both timeless, innovative, and enduring. Careful attention to architectural scale, proportion, uh, detailing, and material selection assures the design will be true to the style desired at the end of the use, you know, for the end product. Integrating sustainable materials with state-of-the-art technology allows the firm to create both traditional and modern designs that meet all of the challenges of today's green, energy-efficient requirements without compromise to style, comfort, or beauty. So without further ado, I'm going to have my guy, Taylor Lombardo Architects, Maurice Lombardo, uh, join us for a little session to keep it moving here. I think he might be on already, so let me just scroll really quickly. What's up, Brian? Thanks for joining. Um, okay, so Maurice has not done it yet. So he'll be on in just a moment, I'm assuming. Uh, we went over how to do an Instagram Live a couple minutes ago, so... Hopefully he could knock it out. (laughs) Uh, In the meantime, I'll tell you some things about Maurice. You know, his favorite drink is a Negroni. Uh, His favorite cake is chocolate, but anything with sugar works. Favorite uh, famous architect is Tom Taylor. That's a lot of love for the partner right there. That's awesome. And uh, his favorite holiday is Christmas. And believe it or not, his favorite travel destination is New York City during the holidays. So bless up to New York City. I hope everyone's doing okay out there, staying safe, and uh, you know we're going to get through this for sure. All right, so Maurice has just requested to be in my live. I'm going to add him in right now.
Yes! <laughs> What's up, Maurice? I got to adjust my camera thing here so it goes up a little bit higher now. Uh, how you doing, man? Could you, could you could you hear me okay? Okay, good. Yeah, I can see you fine. How you doing, man? Second cup of espresso, so I'm doing good. I got about 150 pods left, so I'm okay right now. Don't worry, man. Amazon Amazon is still running, so whatever you need, you're going to be able to get. No problem. I'm putting I'm putting the order in today, probably. So, um, so thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I'm sure it's super valuable. And um, so what I would like to discuss a little bit is just kind of like talking a little bit about um, your, your backstory of architecture, you know, how you've ran a super successful firm for a really good length of time with your partner, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people are always thinking about what's happening right now, right, with you know, potential recessions happening and ups and downs of a business and building a brand and things of that nature. So um, I'll let you kind of like walk me through your origin story, your story of, you know, how you potentially, you know, got started, where you got your start, where you came over from, how you ended up in the Bay Area. And, uh, and just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Uh, a little bit about me. I grew up on the East Coast, uh, Long Island, York and then Connecticut, uh, went to high school in Connecticut, and then uh, I uh, eventually went to the local college there. I wasn't sure if I was going to, I wanted to be an architect from date when I was 10 years old, wanted to get into it, but didn't have the credentials at the time, didn't do really well. Average student in high school, uh, they couldn't focus like I, like some students do today, I wasn't a straight A student. <laughs> but then I eventually uh, went to uh, Arizona State, did two years there. And then eventually, then transferred over to Pratt Institute in New York, a great architecture school in Brooklyn. Uh, but at the time, it was, it was the hood, man. It was really, <laughs> you talk about uh, ghetto, it was a pretty tough time, 1980s, you know. So uh, it was great to go to school there, but it was survival mode because <laughs> it was a rough neighborhood. If you ever seen the movie Do the Right Thing, so yeah, think of that's, course. That's what, I was living that every day. Going to school. Wow. So, but it was a cool school, and now it's really, you know, the school's about 130 years old now, so the school now is much more steamed, and the neighborhood is totally gentrified. I, I tell the story, I could have bought a brownstone, seriously, I could have bought a brownstone in 1982 for $75,000. <laughs> That's $3.5 million now, crazy. I know. But, you know, 70, 70 grand was a lot of money back then, too. So. Yeah, no, that's but, true. Yeah, I went to Pratt, got out of Pratt, and then um, I wanted to come to San Francisco because I, I had done a year of internship during my college years, and I lived here, and I loved, loved San Francisco. So when I graduated, I went to Italy for a couple months, and great, it was really fun after seeing all the, uh, after going to college and then going to these great places in Italy, sketching in the streets of Rome, just magical time, you know, September of 1984. And that was great, too. That kind of also was inspirational, coming out of school and getting ready for my career. And then I moved to, to San Francisco. I started out and, well, you know, scared like everybody else. You know, one of the things about starting a career, and I tell a lot of young people, is that the fear of, like, will I be successful? Will I get a job? You know, where's it going? And the thing is, you just got to just, you got to give it time. It takes time for success, and it takes time to develop your skill set. And so um, I got out here and, and got a job making very little money. I was like negative every month because between rent and student loans, and <laughs> I did a loan. 
yeah so anyway so um uh, so then I started working at a firm in San Francisco called Sandy Babbitt Pop Architects, and it's a 40-person firm. I was really nervous that day. It's like December 1984, and, and I got this job, my first real job out of college. And so uh, first person that comes up to me, this guy, Tom Taylor, comes up to me and walks up to me and goes, Hi, I'm Tom. I'm like, who's this guy? And I'm like, you know, I don't know this guy. He's coming up to me. <laughs> and and uh, Tom, is, uh, Tom is a couple years older than me, and he's actually a designer, one of the lead designers at 28 years old for the firm. Wow. I was 25 at the time. And I remember going by his desk and saying, wow, this guy's amazing. He had these sketches of hotels in Colorado. Really, really amazing stuff. And I was like, this is... We became really good friends at work, you know. And, uh, we worked side by side on a lot of projects and stuff. It's like, like, there was a lot of good people there, but he and I just became really good friends. I worked there for about a year, and then I, I jumped ship and went to another firm that uh, was smaller, much smaller firm. And when I went to this other firm, it was like a four-person firm, they were still looking to hire somebody senior. So I said, hey, let's get Tom Taylor on board. So we got Tom on board. And so we worked together there with this other uh, gentleman who was our a boss at the time. And we eventually became partners with him in 2000 and started building the business. And wow. uh, it was really fun because, you know, we were working on really cool projects in, in California. We were doing stuff in Colorado. Um, nothing compared to the stuff we eventually end up doing now. But it was really cool to do this stuff back then. Um, and then at some point, at 2000, we became partners with this gentleman. We called the firm, the firm's called Brandenburger Tail Lombardo. And he was much older than us, so um, they were, we had put in an exit strategy for him at some point. And then in 2004, he kind of went off on his own, you know, and he was in his 60s at the time. And then we started, we basically founded Tail Lombardo Architects in 2004. So it's been a great run. Tom is uh, not only a great partner, but really good friend of mine and uh, it's 36 years now which is unbelievable wow it flew well, that's why i say enjoy every month it goes fast it goes really fast that is but, unbelievable um, man great run i think what the part of the success was we have different skill sets and we do different things in the firm he is strictly design he's an amazing designer i mean without him i couldn't have be part of this amazing company and i do more business development um i do more resource stuff i do um uh, marketing, uh, that's pretty much, marketing is probably my biggest strength, but then, you know, I do quality control of the firm and stuff like that. And I also look at our investments too, you know, I, one of the side things we did as a business is really fun was we, we invested in real estate, Tom and I did, so we have a separate LLC, we have some real estate holdings, apartment buildings in the city, and those are great investments, those are long-term holds. And the beauty about that, and the, you know, you being in the real estate business, you know, I, I, I can't stress enough to, to for companies to get involved in real estate, okay, individuals to get involved in real estate, whether you're an individual or a company. And what I mean by that is, you know, we always talk about buying real estate, buying real estate, but one of the big, big pluses that nobody thinks about is when you start a company is trying to buy your own building. That is one of the most amazing things you can do for investments is when you have a small company, you get an SBA loan and you buy, you try to buy a building for, uh, for your business or a condo or something like that. And uh, I recommend that to everybody that has a, a, a business to try to do that because the SBA gives you this amazing loan package, which is a 10% down deal. You, you can't get that anywhere. I mean, where can you get a, you know, most in, in, uh, rental real estate is 30, 30, 20%. Yeah, 30%, 30% down. about 30% down. Yeah. And we use that, we use that formula a couple times to buy properties for our office. So we've done that several times and then we made a big profit on the, the prop, property and sold it and then bought more properties. So um, the cool thing is you can be in architecture, be in any career and then do, you know, mix in real estate and other investments as a sideline. And, 
and and it's kind of fun because one one uh, one of the big aspects for me with the real estate is that the write off, all the depreciation of the buildings and everything, offsets the income from the architecture business. No, but, that's amazing. Uh, it's been a fun run, and uh, we we just uh, we've got thirteen amazing employees. Uh, in the, all the, throughout the, we've got a few, one working in Hawaii, one works out of uh, uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, another employee works out of um, Portland, Oregon. So it's kind of fun. And, and wow. Was, since we've kind of been in shelter mode, uh, the, this technology availability has allowed us to all work from home. And we, we do happy hour every Friday. With <laughs> Monday morning meetings. So it's been very effective. And, you know, had this been 1995, we wouldn't be able to do this. No, not at all. We wouldn't be able to talk to you like this. Yeah, I know. So pretty cool technologies despite the the crisis we're having now that we can still operate and still be in business and do things. And I think when we come out of this, the technological side of this is just going to be so much more advanced because I think all of the the technologies are ramping up to get even better than what they are now. Sure. Who knows what can happen in a year or two with our iPhones, with platforms like Zoom and For for those of us who are like watching or listening right now that don't understand, you know where where does the architect come into play? Like, when am I actually gonna hire an architect? What do they actually do? Um, could you give a little bit of information on on how am I gonna work with an architect? When do I start reaching out to them? What do they actually do? Right. Well, nowadays especially, it's more important than ever to have somebody that is knowledgeable, like an architect or an engineer that drawings through because the the requirements to build anything uh, in the United States and especially California especially Bay Area is really stringent it's getting more and more stringent I remember back when we started in the 1980s you could do six seven sheets of drawing and get a permit for a house now it's 60 70 80 sheets of drawings because the requirements to build and so uh, there's a lot of things in play the seismic requirements for structural drawings uh, Title 24, which is energy compliance for you know California. All these things have to be worked out before you can submit for a permit. So it takes months and months to develop a set of drawings. So anybody wants to build a house, you got to go through this process. You got to hire an architect, a okay. engineer, soils engineer, civil engineer, uh, landscape architect, perhaps, and, a, and an interior designer. So there's a lot of players in, in, in hiring uh, an architect and his team. Okay. And so we kind of when we meet, we explain that you know very clearly to the clients like this is the, the process and this is what you've got to do um, with that said you know the level of design and quality compared to 30 40 years ago is amazing because as you know Ro, you, you've, you've listed amazing multi-million dollar homes the, the window packages the doors the cabinets the appliances are far superior than what we had 25 years ago so even though it's more complicated and a lot more expensive than what was building, you know, if you look at the houses from the 1960s, for example, yeah. very, inex- you know, very cheaply <laughs> built, and yeah. the houses today are pretty sophisticated. And you know, with the home theaters in these houses and, the, and the, the smart home technology, it's pretty amazing. So, but all that requires time and energy and drawings to do all of that, you know. And as you know, we have a mutual friend that does all AV and home electronics. That's a whole other separate thing that we add to the package too. When you want to get into that super sophisticated, you know, touch technology buttons for smart homes and you know energy savings things like that you know something that this this is super i think beneficial for a lot of people out there because i remember for i mean years ago now i was trying to learn okay so 
how do you how do you truly break in quote unquote break into a luxury market right um a lot of those sophisticated very intelligent clients that become buyers may say hey you know i've always wanted to build a place in sonoma or i want a place in hillsburg or you know we're going to buy a teardown in silicon valley or you know something in san francisco that we want to completely gut renovate i had no idea how that process works whatsoever and then learning about you know who goes first how to get something you know entitled how to buy a, a plot of land how to hire a architect how to you know reach out to jay over at metro 18 in order to do audio visual when do we actually get him involved you know when do i hit up jim dow to do the actual general construction like th these are all things that take so much time and effort to learn yeah and um you know th those are the things that are actually going to help set people apart from the rest of their competition because you know, when you're when you're really getting into that higher end, that upper echelon of price points and stuff like that, these are people that they want someone that is experienced, that knows how to build right. and build quality. And you know, give me give me three top architects that you think that we should work with for this specific type of project, because everyone has different you know flavors and everyone right. works on different types of things. So, you know, in in uh, I credit a lot of that to you because you've been a great mentor to me for years now and you know you you helped share and open up a lot of different avenues that I never thought about or I didn't even know how to think about right so um so when it comes to architecture because I know a lot of young architects are probably going to be watching this and listening to this you know what are what are some of the roadblocks or common myths that um you know young architects are thinking about you know, before they get into this business or before maybe they take on an internship or something of that nature. What are some what are some roadblocks that you guys have experienced, you know, running a firm, a successful firm, uh, whether that may be, you know, finding new clients or uh, miscommunication with the clients or orders or, you know, what are some of the problems that you've experienced? Well, in recent times, I think the, the, the biggest issue now is the cost of construction. And that's kind of frightening because it's just ballooned in the last five years. Uh, used to be you could build a beautiful custom home for about $500 a square foot. Now it's anywhere from 800 to 1500 foot, which is really expensive. Wow. So that is definitely uh, curtailing some development, people uh, uh, moving forward on these projects. And... Uh, and, it's, and people say, why? Why is it so expensive? It's everything. It's the requirements that the codes have enacted. It's labor costs. It's material costs. It's not one component. It's all just happening together. Um, and so we, we try to explain clients. And so, what, so we try to do when we meet with clients. It's like, tell them, have you talked to a contractor? First thing out of the gate, I would say, did you talk to somebody about construction costs? Because we want it before you even waste any time interviewing us. Do you know what this is going to cost you? And it's not because we're going to build your palace and it's going to cost you this is you know this is baseline this is what it costs to build so we let them we educate them with that and so that will help them understand uh right off the onset what the costs are and whether they want to build a ten thousand foot house or maybe a six thousand foot house because we always say do you really need ten thousand feet i throw well, i don't know you know like i live in 1600 feet and that's huge for me but if people that are building ten thousand square foot houses you're going to be in your kitchen family room and your bedroom right so it's like do you need these extra seven, eight rooms? So one of the things we try to educate them is like maybe you don't, maybe you kind of make 
some of your space is multi-purpose, so you can bring the house size down and save a little bit of money. So that's the big, you know, for that for today's times, that's a big roadblock is, is cost for sure. Yeah, something um, I'll share with you is <clears throat> because now everyone is pretty much doing shelter at home. This has brought a lot of different thoughts and ideas and things out um, that people have been thinking about, right? So, for example, you know, the person that kind of made a sacrifice and didn't go with the bigger backyard with the pool or, um, you know, the home with both the living room and the family room and a home office, a lot of those types of people are really, really thinking about now, like, wow, you know, obviously this is unprecedented. It's not something that hopefully is ever going to happen again, but it really has made people think about should I really, you know, compromise or sacrifice on things that we wanted uh, before in a home? Because this is our sanctuary. This is our shelter in place. You know, um, it's it's making people think about that a lot. It's making people that are living in the city, that are living in condos or other types of homes, think about, hey, maybe we should move back to the suburbs, to a bigger home on a bigger lot that we're going to be able to actually enjoy a lot more. Um, so it's it's interesting the way that it's making people think about this in, in a different way. What we're seeing on most of the homes, again, we're talking more luxury homes, but but we are seeing more and more amenities. People are making their houses like a vacation palace, you know. And I always say that to people. I say when I meet with a client and they're talking, when they want to do a six thousand square foot house, and as I said, I mean, like think of the best places you've gone in the world. Why those resorts? What were those elements that you just love? And, you know, and I love to get the people get all excited, like, oh, I remember this outside outdoor shower that we had at this one hotel. I'm like, great, put it in your house. Let's do that. And you know, uh, oversized bathrooms. I can't stress enough. One of the things I love to, to tell clients is like. You know, don't feel like you need to have the standard bathroom that you you had growing up as you know, like crazy. <laughs> you know, just make it crazy because it's your home. You know, and so so that's fun to do that to to, to tell people to make their home like it's a vacation resort. And, Mo, and, that's what I absolutely love about you, man. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> tell you. Look, I can. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, I think, and I think it's great. I think that's one of the best bangs for the buck is put every element, you know, especially put in that espresso maker built in. Do this, you know, put in, um, you know, if you're going to do a pool, make your pool phenomenal, you know, to the infinity edge, you know, do do LED lighting with RGBW lighting that changes color in your pool. To create as much as you can. Since you know, you're already spending the money for that baseline anyway, so, you must, so for a little bit extra money, you can do something extraordinary I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with clients saying exactly what you just said I just reiterate it and I'm like look this is going to be your palace your sanctuary all of your creative energy to go out and conquer the world building your business building your brand building your startup whatever it may be all of that sorry about that it paused for just a moment um, what I was saying is all of, all of that creative energy for you to go out there and conquer the world, to build your brand, to build your business, to build your startup, to do whatever you're going to do, to be the best physician on the planet, all of that energy is harnessed at home, right? 
So I tell everyone, do not spare any details with your interior design. Do not spare any details with getting the absolute cream of the crop best, obviously that you could afford, but make this place so magical that at the end of the day, when everything's all said and done and you come home and you either you go through your garage or you park in your driveway or whatever, like you just look at this place and every single room, including the restrooms and the powder, just everything, you just love everything so much that you're like, this is worth everything. Everything that I'm doing in my life, this is completely worth it. So It's just you know, amazing. Your, your bed is basically in the outdoors. It's <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's great. It's so, great. Um, Maurice, what what inspires you to wake up full of energy, full of life? I mean, super happy, very successful. What inspires you to keep doing what you're doing, continuing to you know help others, build these incredible homes and wineries all across the nation? Like, what inspires you? What keeps you going? Okay, so for example, imagine that we're not in quarantine and all this stuff is not going on. Give me an idea on what your daily routine would look like on, you know, like a Monday through Friday. 
What does your daily routine uh, look like? I mean, like starting from, you know, the hour of waking up all the way until bedtime. What does that look like? Uh, coffee. Here you go. Coffee starting. <laughs> a lot of this. <laughs> uh, uh, usually, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go down to the gym. I have a, as you know, I have a trainer, so I go down to my gym down here and work out. That's, that's a must. It's really good to start the day. Get super healthy and stuff like that. And then I, I usually hang around the, uh, my place a couple, maybe an hour or two to do some personal uh, business emails some calls, you know, with, with clients or contractors. And then I usually head to the office around 10 in the morning. I'll do like two hours of work here. And then I go to the office. The office is great. It's only, it's a 12 minute walk. Yeah. In Jackson square, you know, which is an amazing neighborhood. Um, and then I'll usually go to staff. And walk Wait, I want to ask you, what do you listen to on your way to the office? Oh, come on. I listen to, I listen to all the good stuff you do. <laughs> yeah. all, you know, some of your brothers, amazing, uh, <laughs> yeah. tapes, great stuff. Uh, I love it, and I, I, I always do that. It's kind of bad because I always have my headset on. <laughs> People get annoyed at me when they run into me when I'm walking to work. Like, you always get your headset. I said, I'm, I'm jamming. I got <laughs> yeah. so, yes. it. typically checking with all the, basically the, the employees. I go to their desk, you know, and again, I, I'm really, I try to get the cheerleader too. I come in and I just, hey, happy Monday, and we go around. It's a very, ca- you know, it's a very cool, casual office, and uh, it's fun space. And then uh, usually the afternoon is again go through projects, marketing. What can I do for marketing? And and talk about marketing. You know, marketing is interesting because you know with social media now, it's like that. That's a a, a, a bandwidth that for architects it's still developing. You know, we still don't know how to use social media to uh, to extend. Because how many of our clients are you know, going to hire us from you know Instagram or Facebook? But it's all it's all important. But one of the things I've been doing, as you know, I I do. Uh, uh, print advertising in magazines like Gentry, Lux, Architectural Digest, and it does work too. So for your, you know, you people listening, um, print advertising does still work. So you can, de- you want to do a combination, social media and print advertising. And the number one thing is just do great work, do amazing work, because that's going to be your best source for um, referrals. Is do great work. Those clients will refer you for the new job because they do check when we get new jobs. They will check. They'll call two or three clients. Uh, our clients to see how we, how we were to work with and was the project successful, you know, did we do a good job? So number one rule is to um, do great work. And I think, really, despite what's happened right now, there will be opportunities. There will be tons of opportunities because America is about, you know, we're, we're a strong country and people want to live life to the fullest. They're going to still want to travel, still want to build, still want to go to ball games. And this won't stop, you know, the United States from, you know, just getting bigger and better. Um, so yeah, so I just tell, you know, just say to your, to your, your viewers, just, um, live life to the fullest and, uh, and don't be afraid. Just go for it. Nice. Uh, do you guys have a, a certain amount of, uh, jobs that you always have on deck or do you guys cap it off at a certain time? Because you said you have, you know, 13 people on staff, you, Tom, um, is there, is there a certain amount of bandwidth that you guys could handle comfortably? And then where is that? Part where you guys are just like, hey, you, we just we cannot take any more work on right now. So you know, right now it's nice is that we've always had a, more jobs that we can handle, and, and some are small, some are big. We don't always do big houses; we do small remodels. Um, but the nice thing is, you know, on the boards right now we've about fifty projects, which is a lot. It's a lot of work, and some are in planning, some are in use permit, some are just sitting idle because they're still in the planning department. Uh, some are finishing up construction. But yeah, there's a point, we try to take it as much as we can because, you know, some jobs fall out, some jobs stop. 
what we don't want to do is get to where we have two or three massive drugs and then that's it because if one does stop for whatever reasons budget or whatever um then that you know that's four or five people out of the office that has to we've got to reallocate to other projects so having lots of little projects here and there is even better for us because uh things start and stop all the time so right now 50 projects which is a lot is great um some are on hold now because of the pandemic uh they're going to restart in september um but right now on the boards we have enough work to keep us going for a while so you know Well, that's fantastic. I'm really glad to hear that, actually. Yeah. Um, so, if you could, if you could turn back to your, you know, young and impressionable, you know, freshly coming back from the East Coast, maybe 18 to you know, 23 year old Maurice, you know, what would you grab him and what would you tell him, you know, based off everything obviously that you've learned now. Well, I was like, what I didn't have when I was 23, I didn't have a lot of mentors. I didn't have people that inspire me. And I think uh, that's a huge thing because I had, I was insecure like everybody else. I was getting out of college. I was super insecure. I didn't have, I, you know, I, I, was, I did pretty well in school, but it still, like, no one, like my, my parents were Italian immigrants. They were great, but they didn't give me that, hey, you know, you're going to be great. You're going to do great. They had that kind of World War II frightened, you know, survivor mode, even though they were doing just fine. But I think mentorship and, and leadership, when you see people, that's why I'm so proud of you, Ro, that you have surrounded yourself by amazing people that are super positive, you know, super inspirational. That is key, and I, I can't stress that enough for young people. Is surround yourself by your friends. should be all great people, inspirational, motivational, because you are you become who your friends are. You, you will adapt to what they are. So you know when you're around successful people, you'll have a more likelihood to be successful. And I wish I did more. I wish I had that when I was 23. I think I would have had maybe a little bit better path in my life. You know, maybe I wouldn't have worried so much when I was 23 or 33. You know, so. Um, but you know, I know you do a lot of you do a lot of motivational speaking, and you've been around people like Tony Robbins and people like that. That stuff's a game changer for people. You know, so that's one of the things. I again, I when I, when I, I love you know hanging around with a lot of younger people too, and I just love to tell them that story. Like, don't be scared. You know, you're you're 25. You got you know, <laughs> a great life ahead of you. You may not figure it out at that age, but it will. It'll happen. It's just you got to give. Don't 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 be fear based. Be excited about life. And again, maybe right now everything's not happening for you. It takes time. I didn't become a partner until I was 40, and so. Um, but those years prior, I just learned the, the, the business as good as I could. I learned how to draw. I did it mostly drawing myself. You know, a scary thing, Rose, I don't know if, if I don't know how to get on the computer and draw anymore. So if I had to draw myself, <laughs> you know, Jesus, like, how do you turn this on? <laughs> the bad side about being a partner because you, you forget to do things that you don't to do. So. You know, one thing I want to share with you, Maurice, about the social aspect and how architecture and stuff like that is going to be able to potentially turn a profit and actually do business using those social avenues. The one thing that I think about often is this, my primary clientele, to be honest with you, they're, they're not on social platforms. They're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. They're not on LinkedIn. They're not on Pinterest. They're not on these platforms, right? But somebody that they know, either their children, their family members, their attorney, their business manager, their staff, someone that is involved with them and in their lives, are on this and they're following Taylor Lombardo and they're following Maurice and they're following me. So I post about, you know, this beautiful house that we have in Palo Alto that, you know, is going to be wonderful. 
you know, that kid knows that, hey, my dad or my mom is looking for buying a new place. This would be perfect. They will message me and then I will set up the showing with their parents, believe it or not. That's right. So for yourself, the exact same situation, you guys are putting the fact that you've done every single successful winery, you know what I mean? And people know that, hey, you know, our parents have a little gentleman's vineyard and they want to do something. You know, maybe we should have them connect with Taylor Lombardo in order to be able to get some ideas on how to move forward with this next project that they want to do or whatever the case may be. So don't don't always think that I need to reach the end user directly because that's not going to happen. You know, those people are seldomly on these avenues. They're very busy. They're very sophisticated. Um, But someone that is in their life will be able to find you and contact you. So cater your message whatever that may be, to reaching that person. Don't don't think I have to reach the end user. Think who's in that end user's circle that I could reach to get this message to that end user. So that's the way that I think about it. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah no, you're right. Totally. So that's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I planned 2020 and beyond. I would definitely want to push social media more to just get that in. And it's nice because when you put pictures on Instagram and so forth, it's almost like another Pinterest board where you can, you know, show beautiful pictures of your work, which is sure. great. It doesn't look. So you, you mentioned earlier that you already knew like at 10 years old that you wanted to work in architecture. Mm-hmm. How, how did you know that at such a young age? Because I, I feel like most of us, we're still figuring it out even into our 30s. You know what I mean? Like what i you know you'll you'll go to school for a certain reason you'll get your major you'll finish you'll get internships you'll get you know entry-level jobs you'll start slowly figuring out and then all of a sudden you're like i've been going the wrong route this whole entire time i should have been going that way you know what i mean so it's like how did how did you know at such a young age how is it so obvious for you i like drawing and i was like i started drawing when i was eight years old and i start with cartoons i started drawing a lot of cartoons and then i as I started getting a little older, like 10, 11, 12, I noticed I started getting more excited about drawing buildings with a, you know, with triangle and pencil and, and it's actually pretty good. I still have some of them somewhere in my closet. <laughs> they actually look pretty good for a 10 year old kid. I was like, Hey, this is not bad. Okay. Um, and I just love doing it. It's just fun. I love doing uh, 3d perspectives with the triangle and stuff like that. And doing floor, I love floor plans. I love doing floor plans. And so, yeah, it was, I just got lucky. I really got lucky because I don't know what else I would do. I mean, I'd probably make good pizza if I. <laughs> I, think I told my parents. I, I told my parents when I was a kid. I said, "Either want to be a garbage man or a pizza man," and uh, they weren't too excited. I thought, you know, garbage men make a lot of money now, so I'm not sure. But you're uh, gonna, but no, you're gonna. It's been a great. I, I just want to tell your viewers and, and young people, like, you know, it, 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 it's exciting. The world is so exciting. So many opportunities. And don't, don't just always just do the best you can, and and, and things happen. Things will happen. Happened for me. I was very lucky. Nice. So, Maurice, if anybody wants to actually stay in touch with you or get in touch with you, what are the best methods for people to reach out to you? Uh, you can reach me at e- my, my email is maurice at taylorlombardo.com or you can go to my website at info at taylorlombardo.com and reach out. And if they, you know, if for any reason they want to talk about a career or um, just about architecture in general or anything, I'm open. I'll talk to you about anything. Let's go. That's what <laughs> I, I love about you, Maurice. Yeah, no, I thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate yeah. it. I think this has been super valuable for anyone that's been watching yeah, and you. that's going to listen uh, to the podcast. So, Mo, you are the man. Yeah, thanks thank so you much. so much, man. I'll talk to you soon, yeah, all right? Energy too, bro.
All right, Mo. I'll talk to you soon. All I right. can't wait to see you, bro. I miss you. I know. See you All soon, right. All right. Bye.